Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. But let me just tell you this. God's got an adventure waiting for you. And, and I'm here to tell you that COVID-19 is not how this ends. Okay? So if you're looking for the new normal, when we come out of this, and we will come out of it, when we come out of this, things are going to look different. But they're not going to look like a people that are hunkered down uh, because of a pandemic. You see, God's called us to be brave, and he's called us to be bold. Praise God. And I just sensed this as we were worshiping the Lord this morning. I, the Lord just said this to me, and I, I, I have to say it, because when the Lord tells me to say something, I have to say it, okay? Is that all right? Everybody good with that? Okay. Many of you never asked the Lord when you should return to, to normal life. You see, here's the deal. If he's your Lord, he ought to be consulted. I'm not telling you what you need to do. I'm not your Lord. It's not my place to tell you what to do, except you need to ask him. If he's your Lord, ask him when it's time for you to get back among people, when it's time for you to resume normal activities, ask him. He'll tell you, and he will, I guarantee you this, he will not steer you wrong. Praise God. Praise God. Some of you, you never even thought about asking the Lord. Well, that ought to reveal something to you. Is he really your Lord? Is he really your Lord? I'm not saying are you saved. That's not the question. The question is, is he really your Lord? If he, if he is, then he should have something to say about it. Praise God. So ask him what he's got to say about it and then do what he says. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm not going to presume to tell you what that is. But... Let's look at something here. In Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24, this was a, a, a passage that was used in the, in the video. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
Now notice here, Jesus, he says, if you want to follow me, that implies that Jesus wants to take us somewhere. And if he's wanting to take me somewhere, I'm wanting to go. How about you? Anybody want to go? Praise God. If he's wanting to take me somewhere, then I want to go. Jesus wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take us somewhere as a church. He wants to take us somewhere as a believer. He wants to take us somewhere as the body of Christ. And when he's wanting to take you somewhere, part of going somewhere or part of following him indicates that you end up somewhere where you are not presently. Right? Okay? Now, in Luke chapter 5, verse number 39, there's a passage of Scripture here that the Lord gave me some revelation on this sometime back, and I, I, I preached one thing from this, but how many know the Word of God can bring out different aspects and, and, and different truths that, you know, out of the very same verse of Scripture... So I brought out one truth out of this, but uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse number 39, it says, For no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new. For he says, the old is better. Now, I don't drink wine, so I didn't know if old was really better or not. I, I would have no clue. I didn't know, you know, and if so, what makes it better? Um, so I started doing a little bit of research, and I found out something that uh, um, was, was uh, so powerful. And, I, and I, the last time I taught out of this passage of Scripture, I, I taught about law and grace and how that no one having tasted of, of law, immediately wants grace because they say the law is better. But that's really not what it says. And as I begin to research this, I, I begin to find this, this out. I looked, uh, I Googled this, because Google knows everything, right? Okay. So I Googled this, and I found, I, I just Googled the question, why is old wine better than new wine? And the answer that I got from Google is, it's not. <laughs> and it began to explain the difference that, that with, with, with new wine, it's very active. Because the fermentation process is ongoing, it's taking place. Old wine is smoother because the fermentation process has already completed and therefore it's smoother. But new wine is more powerful. Now, I'm not going to go... Uh, you know, I, I know that this is talking about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to go down that road, uh, but I, I want to take something different from this this morning. 
And, and in the New American Standard, it reads like this. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. Now, doesn't that shed some new light on that? He doesn't say the old is better. The better translation of that is the old is good enough. And when people have tasted of, of law and grace comes along, they say, we'll just stick with the law. The old was good enough. Now, here's what I want us to get out of this. We're talking about a road trip. We're talking about God taking us on a road trip. You see, a lot of people say, well, you want to go on a road trip? Well, I'm good right here. I'm good here. You know, God says, you know, I want to take you somewhere exciting. And I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good here. You, you guys go ahead and go, and you have a good time and enjoy. I'll just stay here where it's comfortable. I'll just stay here where, you know, where I'm used to everything and the way things are and it just feels good right here. I'll just stay right here. He says that no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. Where I am is good enough. I'm not looking for an adventure because an adventure might require me to be uncomfortable. An adventure, well, I don't know what to expect if I go on this road. Tell me exactly where you're wanting to take me now. Tell me, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty good with where I am, you know. I'll just stay here. You go ahead and go and have a good time and enjoy, but I'll just stay right here. A lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are settling into isolation, and they're saying, yeah, I'm good with this. I'm getting used to it. It feels okay. You know, after all, you know, I had some people that I really didn't like to be around anyway, and this just gives me a good excuse to not be near them. You know, do you want to go where God's wanting to take you? He's wanting to take you on the greatest adventure of your life. He's wanting to take you places you have never seen. He's wanting to take us as a church to places we've never thought about before. He is wanting, and he says, come and go with me. Come and follow me, as Jesus said. If you want to come with me, well, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to lay down those comforts. And you're going to have to come and go with me. And there may be some, you know, you may get cramped in the back seat of the car for a little while. But what you're going to see is going to be so worth it. Come after me. Deny yourself. 
take up your cross and follow me. Notice how Jesus started this off. He said, if anyone desires to come after me. If anyone desires to come after me. You see, starts with a desire. If you don't want to come, if you got no desire to do anything great for God, if you have no desire to, to go places you've never been before, if you have no desire to do anything different from the norm, then go sit on your front porch in your rocking chair. But if you want to go on an adventure, follow Jesus. Praise God. Now, don't let, now I'm going to challenge you now. We're, 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 I'm, I'm going to challenge you why you ought to go on this adventure. Don't let isolation become your new normal. God never called us to isolation. How can you reach a world in isolation? How can you go into all the world and preach the gospel in isolation? Now we're doing a, we're we're making a valiant effort at doing that. We're broadcasting around the world and we're reaching people, uh, you know, that that may never hear the gospel otherwise, and we're going to keep doing that. But Jesus did say, go. He said, go into all the world. Do you think that maybe he didn't know that COVID was going to happen? I think he did. And I think he, he knew that, and I think he had a plan for us to go into all the world. But at some point, now, if you're, if you're still in isolation, like I said, you've got to ask the Lord what he wants you. You've got to decide. You've you got to get with you and the Lord and decide. But at some point, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to go on this great adventure, at some point, you've got to say, it's time for my isolation to come to an end. Now, we said in the very beginning that you would not hear condemnation from this pulpit. So understand, I'm not condemning, I'm just challenging, okay? I'm not condemning, I'm challenging. And, so, and, and you know, you've got to decide that between you and the Lord. Praise God. And, and I'm not here to tell you, well, the t it's time for you to get out of your house. It's time for you to come back to church. It's time for you. No, that's not what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying at some point it's going to be time. you got to decide when that is. At some point it's going to be time for you to get outside of where you've been. And it's time for, you know, at, at some point it's time for you to get back into the business. Exactly. 
of taking the gospel to the world. Now, some of you were never involved in taking the gospel to the world in the first place. You know, some of you are doing nothing different than what you've always done, which is sad to me, you know, that, that, that you've got nothing to do with taking the gospel to the world. Well, this is a perfect time for you to rethink that strategy. This is the perfect time for you to get involved with the kingdom business. You know, the, the, the business of uh, the Lord's business. What did Jesus say when he was 12 years old and, his, and, and he got separated from his parents and, you know, and, and they found him in the temple and they said, well, you know, we were worried about you. We didn't know where you were. And he said, didn't you know I have to be about my father's business? How many of you have ever said, I have to be about my father's business? My father's got a job for me to do. My Lord Jesus has a job for me to do. I need to be about the business of taking the gospel to the world. Praise God. Now, in Psalm chapter 126, Psalm 126, verse number 6. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Bearing seed for sowing. Notice this. Now, we talked last week about the sower sows the word. The seed is the word of God. And he says that you're a bearing seed for sowing. Now, notice what he says. Shall doubtless come again rejoicing. Praise God. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing. And then notice the last part here. He says, bringing sheaves with him. Now, you know, back in the days when I was growing up, back in the, in the olden days, back in ancient history, you know, but we used to sing a song called Bringing in the Sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Anybody ever heard that song beside me? Okay. Two honest people in here. Praise God. You know, but he says that if you are bearing seed for sowing, he says you shall doubtless, in other words, there is no question about it, it is guaranteed if you come forth so if you come for sowing, he says that you will doubtless come again, but this time you're going to bring sheaves. You're going to bring the harvest from what you've been sowing. Praise God. Now you're going to have to come forth sowing. So you've been in isolation 
come forth out of isolation sowing. Sowing something. And then he says, you shall doubtless come again rejoicing because you'll have your harvest. Praise God. Now, I want you to get this. The, the Apostle Paul had a time of isolation. Anybody know that, that, that Paul was quarantined? Self-quarantined. He, he chose to do this, okay? This wasn't something that was imposed upon him. But the Apostle Paul, before he was the Apostle, it was when he was just Saul of Tarsus, actually. He, he met the Lord on the road to Damascus. He's still Saul of Tarsus, but he goes into isolation. Now, in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 15, he talks about this. And when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. But notice what he did. I didn't immediately confer with flesh and blood. I didn't immediately go to where everybody else was. Here's what he says. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now, re remember, where was he headed when he met the Lord? Damascus. Now, when he says Arabia, uh, scholars don't think he was talking about Saudi Arabia, what we know as Saudi Arabia today. But actually, Damascus was in Arabia. Okay? So he went, you know, he had started out going to Damascus. He got deterred to meet Jesus. Met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Then he goes back to Damascus where he had started where he was headed in the first place. Now, when he was on the road to Damascus, the reason he was there, he was there to imprison some of the believers that were there. But when he goes into Damascus this time, he, he is going into Arabia, and there he has an encounter with the Lord, another encounter with the Lord. And you have one on the way to Damascus, then as he goes into Arabia, he has another encounter with the Lord. And then verse 18, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was, known, I was, I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, 
which were in Christ, but they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. Now, Paul, as we came to know him, was in a time that he withdrew just to be with the Lord, just to spend time with the Lord. And out of that time of isolation with Jesus came the greatest ministry next to the Lord's own ministry. Out of that time of isolation. Now, what was he doing during that time of isolation? What was he doing? Let me ask you a question. What are you doing? In isolation, what are you doing with the time in isolation? You know, are you, are you grappling and complaining and, you know, or are you using that time wisely? What are you doing during isolation? Now, Paul was with Jesus. He was spending time with Jesus. Well, let me tell you, it's okay to spend time with Jesus, and you don't even have to observe social distancing. Why? Because he's in you. You spend time with him, he's in you. You don't have to wear a mask with Jesus. Spend, spend your time with Jesus up close and personal. Praise God. And then you expect that if you're sowing in that time. Now, Sowing, we talked about when, you're, when you have seed for sowing, you, you, you're sowing that. He says, doubtlessly, you will come forth rejoicing. So, in this time that you are with Jesus, you can sow into your future ministry. Praise God. So well, I'm not called to the ministry. I beg to differ. Are you saved? If you're saved, you're called to ministry. If you're saved, you are called to ministry. Praise God. And so, during this time, you can sow into the ministry, your future ministry, and he says, you will doubtlessly, without fail, you will doubtlessly come forth rejoicing, bringing the harvest with you. Praise God. Now, what was Paul doing? He's spending time with Jesus. But here's the thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 18. Notice what Paul said right here. I thank my God I speak with tongues 
more than you ought. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, let's, let's tuck that thought away for just a moment, and let's go to Luke chapter 6, and let's see what Jesus said here. Verse number 45. Actually, let's, let's hold that one, and let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. He says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. All right, so he implies there, if, he, if he's saying, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful, then he's saying, if, um, you know, if you're praying in an unknown tongue and your spirit is praying, your understanding's unfruitful, but your spirit is bearing fruit in your spirit, right? Okay? If your understanding's unfruitful, he's bringing a contrast there. He's saying your spirit's praying, so your spirit is being fruitful. All right? So keep those two things. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. And if he's speaking with tongues more than you all, and his understanding is unfruitful, his spirit is fruitful. And if he's speaking with tongues more than you all, would it be uh, an accurate statement to say that maybe his spirit is more fruitful than all of theirs? Now, let's go back to what Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 45. A good man... Out of the good treasure of his heart. Now, if you've been with me for a while, you know that the heart and the spirit are often used interchangeably in Scripture. Heart and the spirit. Your heart is your spirit. The reason is because your heart is, in the, is the central most part of your being. Your spirit is the central most part of your being. So your heart and your spirit are interchangeable there. And so a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, we would be accurate to say a good man out of the good treasure of his spirit brings forth good. How does he bring forth good? He brings forth, and he goes on, he says, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, out of the abundance of his spirit, whatever is in your heart in abundance is what he's saying. Whatever is in your heart in abundance will come out of your mouth. You'll be whatever is in you in abundance, you will speak. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. 
So he's saying, you're speaking out of your spirit. You're speaking out of your heart. Now, Paul says, if I speak with an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Praise God. So, in other words, if I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, I am speaking out of the abundance of my heart. Paul, in another place, said that when you speak in an unknown tongue, he says you speak divine mysteries. Praise God. So, in other words, if I am praying in an unknown tongue, then I am speaking out of the abundance of my heart divine mysteries. Now, remember the very first verse that we read in that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18. I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Do you think perhaps during three years of isolation with Jesus that maybe Paul prayed a lot in tongues? Because when he came forth out of that time of isolation with Jesus, he came forth with a revelation that has transformed the world. He came forth with a message that has revolutionized the world. You want to start a revolution? Pray in tongues. Praise God. And the more you pray in tongues, the more divine mysteries you... How do you, do you think that maybe this is how Jesus revealed the gospel of grace to Paul? Do you think that maybe, see, Paul said, if you speak in an unknown tongue, let him pray that he interprets. Do you think that maybe the apostle Paul was praying in an unknown tongue and he began to pray that he would interpret and as he interpreted, he was interpreting back the gospel of grace? Do you think that maybe that's how Jesus revealed this to him? As he's spending time with Jesus, he's praying in an unknown tongue. Holy Spirit is giving him the interpretation of what he's praying. And as he is praying, then the interpretation begins to follow that, and he begins to speak forth in a known tongue the revelation that he began to write to the churches. Praise God, the gospel of grace that transforms our life today. Praise God. See, he's wanting to take you, Jesus is wanting to take you on an adventure. He's wanting to take you on a road trip. He's wanting to take you places you never dreamed of before. Praise God. I urge you. See, it is very simple. You say, well, I don't speak in tongues. That's your fault. Because if you are a born-again believer, there is no reason for you to not speak with tongues. 
Well, that's just for some people. Okay, it's just for some people that want it. But in reality, it is for all believers. Praise God. So if you're saved, if you're a believer, there is no reason for you to not speak with tongues. Now, here's what I urge you to do. Today, before you leave here today, we'll give you that opportunity. Before you leave here today, no, I'm not going to call you up here and I'm not going to lay hands on you and knock you down on the floor and, you know, and, and, and all that. No, that's okay, you know, but that's not what we're going to do. We're going to ask because Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Praise God. That's what Jesus said. He said, if an earthly father desires to give good gifts to his children, how much more does your father which is in heaven desire to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Have you asked? Have you well, I don't speak with tongues. Have you asked him? Praise God. Praise God. You know, everyone who asks receives. Praise God. Say, well, I asked and I didn't receive. No, you didn't. If you did, Jesus is lying. And I don't think that's possible. Maybe you did receive, and maybe you didn't know what to do after that. Maybe it's all bottled up in you. Maybe it's maybe you receive. Maybe you're full. Maybe you're full of it. And I don't mean that like that sounded. But maybe you're full of what you received. Okay. Maybe you're full of you're full of what you received. Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of your heart, whatever is in you, in abundance." Maybe it's in you in abundance. Maybe you just need to open your mouth so out of the abundance of your heart you can speak. And if you will begin to speak divine mysteries, see, I think that's why Paul had the greatest revelation is because he spoke with tongues more than you all. You know, Paul had the, I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul had a revelation that no one up until Paul had. And we today are trying to get a hold of what Paul had. Praise God. We're, we're trying to grasp what Paul had. Maybe if we would try to speak with tongues like Paul did, maybe we could 
speak some of those divine mysteries that we could get a hold of, maybe some answers to the questions that you've had in your life. Maybe the challenge, maybe some empowering could come out of that. Maybe you thought, well, I'm in a dry place. Speak with tongues. Maybe you said, well, you know, I'm, I'm in a place that, you know, I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm discouraged and speak with tongues. Speak with tongues. Speak. See, I'm convinced that the reason Paul had the greatest revelation is because Paul spoke with tongues more than you all. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I am over time. But I don't apologize because it needed to be said. You needed to hear what I had to say. Now, here's the thing. First of all, I'm going to give people a chance to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And, and then they can join the rest of us when we ask for the Holy Spirit. Praise God. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's real easy. Scripture says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just that simple. Once you're saved, then you can tap into this Holy Spirit that we've been talking about. Praise God. So here... Right now, I'm going to ask everyone to just say this with me. And if you say this and you mean it, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. No question about it. You will be saved. So pray this with me right now. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me that he paid for my sin and then you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. Jesus, today I choose you to be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life and then begin to teach me to know you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. and We've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 